What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and we have a guest speaker today, Erica Grinker. Hi. Hey, Erica. So Erica is a fellow YouTuber. That's how we connected. Um, yep. We connected a long time ago. A while ago. I want to say it was during maybe number three for you. Yeah, I think so. It was a while ago. Yep, I think it was right after my third loss. Yep. And I started following you. And then I think I reached, did I reach out to you? I think I, yeah, I did. I creepishly like messaged you. I like found you on Instagram. <laughs> and I was like, hey, I'm being really creepy right now. But like, yeah. I'm Shelly from YouTube. <laughs> we, we had big plans back then. And yeah, we were going to, oh my gosh, because we were going to do a collab like a year ago. Yeah, we were going to collab. And then I had, I think that's when I had my third loss. Yep. And then you were like, just, oh my God, forget it. Take care of you. And yeah. look at how much has happened. I mean, right? you wrote and a now, book. <laughs> and you now have a podcast. I mean, what <laughs> the heck? I'm so proud of you. Like, I'm so Aww. stoked. I love that. I love that. I remember I even reached out to you when you hit, I think, a thousand YouTube subscribers. And now you're at like 3,000 something. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Ah, happy 1,000. <laughs> and I was like, what? I hit a thousand? What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was so, it's been such a crazy ride on YouTube. And yeah, you were one of the first people that reached out and just like wanted to connect on like a personal level. And it was just awesome. Like you are one of my OG YouTube girls, like yeah. from the beginning. Yeah right back at you. I was just wanting to connect with other people who have been through this because I didn't really know anybody else. And that's, that's exactly what led me into doing this podcast too, was just kind of connecting a bunch of girls who just get it. We so. do, man. It's, it's a tough, lonely road out there. So this so is amazing. Think... What, you're, what you're doing is just awesome. I just can't even. Thank you. That means a lot. Um, why don't you go ahead and just kind of explain a little bit about yourself, your relationship, kind of what you guys have been going through and then we'll kind of backtrack to the start of it. So I'm Erica. Hey, hi, how you doing? <laughs> so excited to be here. Um, I'm 30 years old, just turned 30. I'm born and raised and from Buffalo. I've been married to my husband, Zach, for a year and a half now, um, all of which we've been trying. We got together five years ago and Together, we've had two losses. Um, the first was back in April, and we are currently going through our second right now. So lots of backstory and history. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's just kind of like the gist of me and Zach so far. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, not awesome, but thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I get, awesome. it. I get it. Yeah, great. Thumbs up. This is... <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm so happy to be here. It's it's awful circumstances but you know you got to find a community and whatever it is you're going through so I mean it really does help you stay like upbeat through all of it absolutely if you're dealing with it alone it's just so I mean it's so traumatizing in general but like if you're I mean you're going through your a loss as we speak which is just crazy and yet here you are telling your story yeah you know when you said I, I would love to have you on I just didn't want you know, with everything going on. You. It's, yeah. Yeah. It, um, that's not how I look at it. Like I'm very much the person that's like, you know what, the sun is still going to rise. The world is still going to turn. 
we have to keep moving forward. I'm devastated. Like, how how can you not be upset to some degree? But there's Mm -hmm. so many other emotions that you go through when it's multiple losses Mm -hmm. that it's like, no, I don't want to just sit here and be sad anymore. I want to talk about it. I want to shout it from the rooftops. Like, Mm -hmm. call me. Let's talk. Like, I'm totally okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Your dog is so cute. I can see her dog right now, everybody on the podcast. (laughs) I'm a dog person. So cute. Um, So you guys have been trying to conceive like literally since the day of your marriage, right? Yep. So we pulled the goalie. Um, We got married in early May and I took my last birth control in April. Okay. So May, May was really the first month that we weren't on birth control. We were just trying to see based on my past, we kind of knew that it was going to be a process and I had been on birth control for so long on and off. Mm -hmm. We just wanted to see what my body was going to do. So rather than waiting until, you know, quote unquote, the perfect time to be pregnant, you know, we talked about it and we made the decision, like, let's get off birth control. Let's see what your body does. If you get pregnant the first month, then so be it. Yeah. But I knew deep down, like, that my body just wasn't going to cooperate. Yeah, because you had mentioned because of your past. Right. So you have actually had a loss before Zach, correct? Right. So let's, I mean, I guess let's take it way back to the beginning. Um, I had been, I was put on birth control when I was 15, I had always had very irregular periods. I had gotten to a point where I was just bleeding, bleeding, bleeding. And I don't know how TMI you want this to be, but I was bleeding exponentially, I mean, I guess you could say, for several months on end. And I was 15, you know, I was so young. Yeah. I was scared to tell my mom. Like, I just let it go on. And I was embarrassed. I felt disgusting. I felt like I was normal. Is it not like you don't know then? Well, well, like you almost I almost did know. Like I knew bleeding for three straight months just wasn't normal. But I didn't want to worry her. I didn't I didn't want to face the reality that something was wrong. Like you're 15 years old. You're terrified. And I got rushed to the hospital because I passed out going up the stairs of my high school. Uh, just because I had been, I had become so anemic in losing all that blood. And that's when they found out what had been going on, the reality of it all. And they put me on birth control. And I was on birth control until, oh my God, it must have been, so New York State, you, um, you can be carried on your parents' insurance until you're 21, unless you're in school. And okay. long story short, won't get into it, uh, stopped going to college, was dropped from insurance. Couldn't pay for birth control because it's incredibly expensive without insurance. Mm -hmm. So that's when I came off of birth control. And I was, you know, 22 at the time. I was with this guy who I'd been with for a long time. um, And we just wound up pregnant. Like, missed my period and I wound up pregnant. And I was like, whoa okay all right I mean I had been so irregular for so so long prior to that I had a bout with a cyst in the hospital at one point Um, they thought I had endometriosis at one point it's a lot of speculations about what was going on with me and why everything was the way it was Um, 
so when we found out at 22 that that we were pregnant I was like well I for a long time thought this would never happen so we're going to embrace it yeah and I can distinctly remember going for blood work and everything looking normal and I remember having a prenatal consultation with my my NP at my doctor's office and it's so crazy the the small things that stick out in your mind from your first loss because mm-hmm. it's it's almost such a blur and you you don't really remember but I remember these stupid lollipops that she gave me because I was having such terrible nausea. She's like, these are vitamin B suckers. They'll ease your nausea. Why am I remembering these stupid suckers? That's so weird. Out of everything, I remember these stupid suckers. Anyway, um, and everything was fine. I, I booked my, my eight-week um, ultrasound, my first ultrasound, and... We went in and they did the ultrasound and they saw nothing really? at all, anywhere. Anything. No sac, no, nothing in my tubes, nothing in my uterus. It was nothing. And, and again, I was 22. I was very young. Yeah. I was very naive. Um, the whole thing was just kind of like, um, how, do I, how do I describe it? You were just kind of blissfully naive. Like you just didn't realize the reality of what was going on. You're just like, yeah, I'm pregnant going for my ultrasound and you go there and all of a sudden your world is crashing down and you don't even know what's going on. Yeah. They're just like, there's nothing there. Your doctor's on the phone. They handed me a phone and he's like, we need to bring you in for a DNC. I don't even know what that was. Yeah. Had you, you told know? family? Um, my mom knew because I was still living at home with my mom. Um, my grandma knew. And his mother knew, but okay. other than that, nobody knew at the time. Okay. So talked to the doctor. They wanted to schedule me a DNC. Um, I left the hospital where we were having the ultrasound and it was like instant Google. Like, yeah. I need to find out what is a DNC? Why is there no image on the ultrasound? You know, mm-hmm. why am I not bleeding? Because if, there's nothing there. Shouldn't I have bled? Like, you just have all of these questions. You just don't know what's going on. I had no idea what was happening to me. Yeah. Went home, told my mom. I was emotional, but I, I like, hadn't even begun to process what was going on. Um, and I went to the bathroom, and it was just, um, it was just a massacre. Uh. It's just all at, the, all at once all one big it was just like if you could picture a a, a nightmare like that's exactly what it is like it's a living nightmare in that moment Mm -hmm. and I don't really remember much between then and waking up from surgery because at that point we rushed right back to the hospital yeah oh my goodness So. so how long did you guys stay together after that um well it was a bad relationship, <laughs> not to get into like the nitty gritty of that, because yeah. that's not what this is about, but it was a bad relationship and the way he handled the miscarriage, the loss, it just, that was my real wake up call with him. Yeah. That mm-hmm. was it. I was like, 
you truly are like just a piece of trash person. You you learn a lot about people and the people close to you and how everything gets handled when you go through something like that. People who you thought are one way Uh can very often be very different. Yeah. And and I truly do think that a lot of the times it's just they don't know what what to do. Um, And I'm talking like friends and stuff. Oh, yeah. Like sometimes like, you know, if you're like, gosh, that friend, like they didn't even call or they didn't even text message me. And I always like had to remind myself they probably just don't know what to say. Right. And and I and I get that because obviously this has happened more than once. So I've, I've had more than one opportunity to learn that that's very much the truth. This was different though. He, um, he just, it was, it was both like, I think he, he was relieved, which is okay. I mean, if he wasn't ready for something like that, like that's understandable, but it was almost like he was, he couldn't understand why I was so attached. Yeah. And he yeah. was just so cold and so like, well, you don't know what's going on. Well, <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. did, you not, did you not just see what just happened? Like, it, it was just a very sensitive situation. And he was not empathetic, sympathetic. He had, he was just like, keep it moving. That's so hard. It was hard. It was, it sucked. The whole situation sucked. Um and and more than anything, like, like the, I can remember the doctor telling me, there's nothing you did wrong. There's nothing you could have done to prevent this. And I was like, oh, okay. And I, and I can remember specifically thinking once I had met Zach, you know, I need to tell him about what happened. I need to tell him about my past. I need him to know that this could be an issue. I need him to be okay with that. But I also need him to know that I did get pregnant. Mm-hmm. So there's a good chance we could get pregnant. So I think that that was, that was big for me to see, like, even just Zach handling that type of information completely different than what he did. Yeah. And I was like, I definitely made the right decision. Like, I'm so glad. It was it was almost as terrible as it sounds, a blessing, blessing yes. in disguise. Yeah, exactly. For sure. For because sure. Here, here I would be with an eight-year-old, and he would definitely not be around. Yeah. And it's morbid, and it's terrible. It's awful to think about that. But, you know, you have to. You have to think about that. Yep. So, you know, Zach was a complete dreamboat when I met him <laughs> in every way. And he... <laughs> took me information like a champ and he was like you know what when the time comes if the time comes you know we'll just try and we'll try whatever we have to try and that was just that and you know that kind of brings you up to speed as far as what happened with my first loss Mm -hmm. Um, and I obviously didn't know that it was going to be a recurrent problem until we started really trying again because obviously once I got uh, a good job and was you know on my own and back on you know, health insurance, I got back on birth control until I met Zach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Cause I know that that's not something that you've really shared in the past before. Um, oh yeah. No, I mean, uh, I just, I don't think the opportunity has really presented yeah. itself on YouTube. Well, it's um, kind of like you talk about what's going on on YouTube, you know, like in the current moment and I do. Yeah. I haven't done like a, like a, 
my fertility story thus far. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. so how long after you guys got married did you get pregnant? Um, it was, <laughs> so like I said, we pulled the goalie uh, in April was my last birth control pill. And I ended up pregnant in April. Oh, wow. The following year. Yes. Oh, so, so exactly. Had, yeah, exactly a year. Um, I had already been to a fertility specialist. When I came off of birth control, uh, I wasn't getting a period for like hundreds of days on end. Okay. So I knew something was wrong. And my doctor, my, my regular OBGYN put me on uh, metformin, which mm-hmm. is just a really old school. I don't know how much you know about metformin. Were you on metformin? No. Mm-hmm. So his theory was you definitely have PCOS. This okay. is why you're not ovulating. That's why you're not getting a period. Well, the reality of it was that I wasn't ovulating. And that is why I wasn't getting a period. But he didn't do any testing to see if I have PCOS. He didn't run any extra blood work. He didn't do uh, an ultrasound, nothing. He just put me on a prescription for metformin. And it's actually a diabetes medication. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's it's used to regulate blood sugar. And the theory is if you regulate your blood sugar, your hormones can be balanced. And then you can ovulate. Okay. Uh, It's a really old school way to approach PCOS. Uh, it, it is successful for a lot of people, but a lot of those people are insulin resistant. Uh, if you're not insulin resistant, it, it basically, it throws your sugar out of whack. So mm-hmm. I was terribly, terribly ill on this medicine. And I went into him after being on it for three months and I said, this isn't helping. I'm still not getting a period and I'm terribly sick. And he basically said, oh, we got to up your dose. Oh, goodness. So here I am already terribly ill from this medicine and he just wants to put me on more. Talk to Zach. Zach's like, well, you got to do what the doctor says. Got to at least try it. Mm -hmm. So I did for another three months and Shelly, I, I had had it. I can't even begin. I was so angry. I was pissed. I was frustrated. I was mad. I'm taking these pills that are making me sick to my stomach every day. I'm dizzy. I'm nauseous. I can't see straight. I can't focus. I'm not getting a period. I'm not ovulating. We're not actually trying because I'm not creating any follicles. It's not a time to try. Yeah. What is the point? What, why yeah. am I doing all of this? So I'm I finally, sick. I finally threw my hands up in the air and I said, I'm calling the fertility clinic. Yeah. Got into an appointment. He told me that day, stop taking the metformin. I came home. I threw myself a party, flushed every pill down the toilet. <laughs> And Zach and I danced to, like, Alexa playing music. You know what I mean? So, sure. Alexa. No, no. My Alexa. <laughs> no, Alexa's like, yeah, I'll play you some music. Oh, shit. That's crazy. Um, so, yeah, that's when I went. That was in, I want to say, I think that was, like, September or October before I got pregnant. Okay. And I started going to see the fertility specialist. They started me on um, Bamera, Letrozole. And it was just time to course and Letrozole for the following six months. And we were planning to go in for IUI. And that's when we wound up pregnant. Oh, my goodness. I feel like that happens a lot. It, it did. It was very strange, though, because what happened was... Um, 
I, I, I'll never forget Easter fell on April 1st. And I remember having my period at, at, at Easter brunch and I was very uncomfortable and I was just kind of grinning and bearing it, getting through it. And I went home and I laid on the couch for the rest of the night. And that was that, right? You had your period, whatever mm-hmm. you get through it. Started my Femera that cycle on day three to day 10. And on day 11, I just didn't feel right. And I was like, eh, I'm going to pee on a stick. I watched this YouTube video. I'm going to pee on it. Why not? Right? Yeah. I mean, what's the, what's the point, right? We, we have boxes. At this point, we're crazy TTCers, and we have boxes of cheap pregnancy strips. Yeah. We have Walmart tests and first response <laughs> and clear blue digitals, and we have every kind of um, ovulation test. And, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we're those crazy people by this point, and, and that's, that's the normal part of it. Yeah, that is the YouTube video that I found you on. Yep, and I got a positive pregnancy test. 10 so days after my period ended. So crazy. Mm-hmm. And how, how long were you pregnant? Like how many days until you knew? Cause that was, that ended up being an ectopic, right? It was. Um, so I went in that same day that I took the pregnancy test for a beta because, because I'm with the fertility clinic, I can just call them at the drop of a dime and, and they'll send me for whatever. It's so you awesome. know what I mean? Yeah. So I can just I can just go like snip snap whatever whatever I need. Mm-hmm. They sent me and um, I got the phone call back and she said, "I have your results. They're positive, but they're not good." And I said, "Okay, you know what what are, what are the results?" And oh, Shelly, I can't even remember the numbers at this point, but the number was really really low, like so low. Yeah. So it was like this really confusing high because I knew something was wrong because I had gotten a period. Yeah. And you can't help but be some type of hopeful. And if you Google, and if you Google. Normal. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anytime you go jump on Google, it's like, it can be normal or you could die. <laughs> like it's like, I, I honestly wish Zach could put a Google block on my phone. Right? Sometimes. Me too. Me Please. Too. Someone create that app for crazy people like us who need to be blocked from Google. <laughs> um, so anyway, they, they, they broke the news to me. They said, you know, it, it didn't look good. And, and I had a ton of questions. I was like, well, what if they double? Because mm-hmm. I, by this point, I had been researching upon researching upon researching. And I said, well, what if they double? And she said, it's still not going to be viable. And that was what was so hard to wrap my head around during that pregnancy was that it ended before it even started, and they were so sure that it was done. At least you got some honesty out of it, though, because my numbers were extremely low as well. Um, I w- was not having ectopic pregnancies, but my numbers were so low, and it was almost like everyone was like still giving me hope. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, and like I didn't have the hope in it. Like I was like, no, these are really low. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess to look at the silver lining, yeah. I mean, at least they were shooting me very straight from the beginning, but I still wasn't able to wrap my head around it for some yeah. reason. I just, I just couldn't, um, I couldn't accept it. Mm-hmm. And what started happening was I, I started going for more blood work every two days because they needed to either, what they wanted to do was follow the numbers trending down to zero. That was the hope. Yeah. Um, because again, my numbers were so low 
they couldn't determine where this pregnancy was, but yeah. because they started going down and then they went up and then they went down and then they went they up all the place. They were everywhere. They yeah. had to, they had to call it basically. They, they, they mm-hmm. said, you know, we have to call it. This is an ectopic. Uh, it's technically a pregnancy of unknown location, but we can almost guarantee that it, that it is ectopic just because of the way your numbers are statistically. That's what this is. And I think I went for three or four rounds of blood work and I, I had finally just had it. They were starting to trend down, but they were moving really slow. And I finally just said, you know what? Can I just have the medicine? Because they had been talking about this, this methotrexate, this methotrexate. And Zach and I had a, had a really long conversation and it's a really, it's a really hard decision to make. I was going to ask you that. I never had to do that, but I can imagine that that would be really hard. It was hard. Um, for me, it was one of those things that I just, I just, I needed it to be over. Yeah. It was so high, so low. Every time those numbers came back, increased even a little bit, it was giving me hope. Mm-hmm. And I'm a very rational person. Like I like to pride myself on being, you know, I, I got my shit together pretty well, but I, you couldn't help but get a little bit of hope every time those numbers came back up. And I just told Zach, I said, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I need, I need to be able to grieve. I need to be able to get over this. I need to be able to move on. And he was like, well, whatever we need to do, I'm not against it. If, if this is going to be safe and it's going to be okay, and this is what you want to do, then let's do it. And I just said, I just want this shot. I, I think her name was Judy. It was my nurse at the time. I'm like, Judy. Is it weird that I know that? It was Judy. <laughs> I'm like, Judy, can I just have the shot, please, for the love? And she's like, okay, Dr. Griffin agrees. We can do that. <laughs> So I went in and I had the methotrexate and, you know, I, it was tough putting that video on YouTube because I was, I was really worried about the backlash I was going to get because yeah. a lot of people might think about it as being like an abortion shot yeah. or, you know, I was just worried about the backlash I was going to get. I was pretty lucky. Um, people were very supportive. I didn't get any like true negativity, but I did have a couple of people say, you should just wait it out. And I'm like, yeah, well, you're not in my shoes. So you don't understand. Uh, And that was that, you know, after the methotrexate, I, uh, I, I, my numbers started to trend down. I bled again. And that was that. Now was your, you just had your third loss or you're still going through it. Yeah. Right now. Um, I just had my third beta today. Did that seem, was that pretty similar to your second? Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. That It was a little bit different. Um, I got a positive pregnancy test this time right on track. Um, so I got my first positive at 12 DPO. Mm-hmm. And I was pumped, Shelly. Mm-hmm. I was like, the timing is right. It's 12 DPL. This is right on track with like how a pregnancy should go. And I hid from Zach that whole day I like didn't want to see him I couldn't face him because I, I'm a terrible liar like I'm yeah. the world's worst liar <laughs> and I just had to hide from him he finally was like all right what's up with you something's up <clears throat> and, and he's like you want to have a beer and I was like no nah, I probably shouldn't and he's like why it's Saturday night like that's like our routine yeah like we have a beer we watch our show we go to bed because we're old <laughs> yeah. that's what we do and uh, I said, no, I probably shouldn't. He's like, what? Why? And I was like, well, because I'm pregnant. He's like, what? He was so, so oh, excited. Gosh. And it, it kind of raced my heart to even, to even like, think about it because he yeah. really was so excited this time. 
And, you know, he drank his beer and I didn't. And we went to bed and we woke up the next morning and I was making a cake in the kitchen. And he came down and he goes, good morning. And I might have said something like, like, don't think you're getting in here to make breakfast. I need the kitchen. He's like, why are you in such a mood? And I was like, I peed on a stick and it's not any darker. Ugh, that's the worst, isn't it? So then I'm like, all right, back to Google. Yep. Lines aren't getting any darker, da 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 It can Long be totally short. normal, but it can be totally normal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it's like reading your book. What was the line you kept putting in your book? <laughs> Cracking up. I was like, God, I just know this girl. Um, so I, I just had a feeling something was off, like, in my gut this time. I just, I just had that feeling. And the lines weren't getting any darker. And I had to wait until a Monday morning to call my doctor's office. And Monday came around. I peed on another stick. It still wasn't any darker. And I was that crazy girl. I just showed up at the doctor's office, didn't even call. <laughs> I was like, I need my blood work done today. I'm like, oh, okay. Can you tell us what's going on? And I explained it to them. They pulled my blood and the numbers came back really low. And... Um, we just, we knew what was happening again and then they doubled and now they're dropping. So, you know, it, same song and dance shall. So uh, did you, know. you start bleeding on your own this time or did you take the, what's it called? Methyl. Methotrexate. Yeah. Did you take that again? I did not. Not yet anyway. Okay. Um, I did bleed, but what I'm having is being described to me as not a period it's more of a withdraw from it's a it's a withdrawal bleed okay and it's from a drop in hormones so okay. my h my body was confused my my body was producing h ugh, sorry hcg somewhere but my uterus wasn't recognizing it because the pregnancy wasn't in my uterus my mm -hmm. progesterone was very very low because that's what happens right before your period is your progesterone drops so my body was tricked into bleeding and then it completely stopped. So now we just have to follow the numbers, hopefully down to zero. Yeah. If at any point they start going up again, I will have to medicate. But right now we're trending down, down. which is, okay. yep, which is good. Um, <clears throat> ideally what's going to happen here is they're going to trend down to zero again and I honestly don't know if I'll bleed again or get a period. Yeah. But I, they're probably going to put me on birth control for like two weeks, which can I just say is like, back. what was that? Just to get you back on track. Uh, they want to buy me some time before we get into my next cycle. They want to repeat some testing, uh, specifically my dye test. They want to make sure that my tubes are looking okay, okay. after these past two ectopics. I was going to ask you if that was your game plan. It is. They want to repeat the dye test. Um, they definitely want to repeat my biopsy, the endometrial biopsy. Okay. Because um, they want to test the lining, make sure everything looks good there. But I'll tell you what, it seems just completely wrong to be going on birth control when you're trying to get pregnant right. so bad. Yeah. Didn't you have to do that too? I didn't. No, I, um, they put me on progesterone, but more so just for the just as a precaution, like maybe my progesterone was low after ovulation. Okay. Um, so that they put me on progesterone, but it wasn't, as long as you take it after ovulation, it doesn't act as a birth control. Gotcha. I thought they had put you on birth control. No, I'm actually allergic to birth control. Are you really? Yeah. 
what the yeah, hell? So I, was, I, had, I had an IUD for the last 10 years called Paragard. And yeah, I've always wondered if that has something to do with some of the issues that I've had, but I'll never know. It's so funny you say that. I so think that at least my ovulatory issues, I truly believe being on and off birth control since the time I was 15. Messes really, Oh, completely. Especially yeah. when I came off of it and, and I was being told I had PCOS mm-hmm. when I really, I really don't have any of the telltale signs for PCOS on paper anyway. Um, yeah. <clears throat> you know, a couple of them, but I mean, anyway, uh, I really think that it really screwed my cycles up Yeah, coming right off of it. And I think that that was a really big problem with me trying to ovulate and, and first really trying. But I mean, like you said, we'll, we'll just never know. Yeah, we'll never know. So how did, how did these two losses with you guys trying, how did it compare to your first loss when it was more of like an unexpected pregnancy? Was it just as, I mean, was it just as hard or was it more difficult or? Um, I think, I think my first loss with Zach, but my second loss in general, I think that one hit me the hardest. Okay emotionally um it was something I really wanted it was something that Zach and I were like we're ready really hard for it yeah I mean we've spent a lot of money a lot of time we've invested a lot emotionally um it it definitely hit me the hardest emotionally Zach though it, it was frustrating for me because I felt like he wasn't I felt like he wasn't feeling it and I think you touched on this in your, in your book a little bit. felt yeah. like he wasn't feeling it. Mm-hmm. And for him, it was like very like, well, 30% of pregnancies end in miscarriage. People, yes. Yeah. He's like numbers, 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 textbook, textbook, textbook. And I'm like, wanted to wring his neck. Cause I'm yep. like, this was a, ch- this was a baby. Exactly. This was a human being. You no, know what exactly I mean? What you mean. <laughs> exactly. I so totally to me, I- understand why miscarriage increases divorce rate. I completely <laughs> get it. <laughs> Preach. Because I wanted to wring his neck. But I had to think back to when I was experiencing my first loss. And the only thing that got me through my first loss was knowing that there was, I, I kept hearing the doctor, there was nothing you could do. Mm-hmm. It's nothing that you did. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, that's okay because this happens and, and we can, we can try again. And, you know, that's what he was thinking because that was his first loss. This was my second. I was batshit crazy losing it left yeah. and right. Yeah. And I'm but assuming sir, that, is that kind of like why you headed the YouTube route? I headed to YouTube because I was so frustrated with my doctor at the time with the whole metformin nonsense. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I wasn't getting anywhere. And I would lay in bed at night and I would go on YouTube and I would watch people take live pregnancy tests. Yep. So did I. And it was like this guilty pleasure while Zach was sleeping next to me and I had my headphones on and I would like hide my phone under the blanket and I would watch people take pregnancy tests. And I was like, it just comforted me to see people who had been on a journey, who had struggled, who found success, who, you know what I mean? It was just, yeah. I could follow their story and I could relate yeah. and I could see their, their baby at the end of it all. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, it just gave me so much hope and it was so encouraging and it's really what got me through. And I said, not only do I want to document all of this because I just knew it was going to be a crazy ride. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to, 
put something out there that somebody else could like be yeah, under the covers and watch. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, even like you and your channel, like you struggled and struggled and struggled for so long. And here you are with lucky number five, you know, yeah. it's just, it's still like you still, you give me hope. You give, you give me encouragement just by putting your story out there. And it's just really what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And even if I got nothing else out of it, yeah. but I've made great friends. I mean, we're sitting here chatting I know because of YouTube. I have other girls that I, that I chat to weekly from YouTube. It's yep. just, it's like I said, it's a lonely road to walk. Yes. And you got to find a community in it. Exactly. You're going to go crazy if you don't. Uh-huh. And it is. It's hard for the husbands to relate. It just, it is. It's not their bodies. Um, it's so- like a mental block. They just don't. They, they, it's. And Zach is really great. Like, he, re- he really, tr- God bless him, he tries. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Awesome. Men, they don't get it. You know? That's, yeah, that's all you can ask for, really. Yeah, he tries. What are you going to do? He tries. I get it. It's just they, it's not their bodies. And they, you know, stuff doesn't become totally real for them until they can physically see it and, like, yeah. be affected by it. And um, peeing on a stick changes everything for a woman. So... Right. How has your husband been, I mean, considering you went through four losses, I mean, was he hesitant to get invested in this pregnancy? I think we both were. Um, more so me. Every pregnancy was more so me, actually. Yeah. Um, I was a little bit more hesitant. Or he he just kind of, like, always had hope because, like you said, he's very, like your husband, too, like very statistics, right? Like, mm-hmm. well, the odds, are, the odds are in our favor, like, that this right. make it. And I'm like, yeah, but... <laughs> Like, I don't know. So he was always more in that headspace where I was, I was more like, I I think I lost it. Like, it was like an everyday thing for a while where I was like, I I think I lost this baby. Well, Uh, you know, like I said, I talked to, I I talked to several people from YouTube and and there's another girl that I talk to pretty regularly and she's actually pregnant right now. And it's the same thing. I mean, she, she's worried at every turn. She just crossed into her second trimester and she's like, I never thought I would get here every mm-hmm. single day. I, I don't get to go for an ultrasound. I trying, I'm struggling with the Doppler. Yep, <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, that's going to be me. Yeah. Like, fingers crossed someday. That's going to be me. I'm going to be that crazy person with the Doppler for three hours laying in bed, sobbing. Yep. Everything that's- is fine, Erica. You're eight weeks pregnant. You're going to be yeah. all right. Yeah, seriously, that's that's actually the title of my next ebook. So my first one was Life After Miscarriage, and this one's gonna be um, Pregnancy After Miscarriage because oh, whole, that's so exciting! Whole other set of roller coaster rides, that's for sure. Oh, maybe someday I'll get to write that book. <laughs> <laughs> well, you will. Um, any before we end here, do you have any advice for listeners? I feel like you've already thrown out a lot of advice, but anything specifically that you just kind of want to end with? Um, you know, it, really, it's just you. You have to give yourself the time to be sad. You have to let yourself go through whatever emotion it is you're feeling, and you have to know that it's okay. You yeah. can be mad one minute. You can be sad another minute. And it's also okay to be happy. It's, it's, it's okay to be okay during, yeah. through it, and after it. It's okay to be okay. And yep. 
Do you, you remember know, those guilty emotion? I mean, you probably still have them, but like, I just, I remember I created a post on my Instagram about it after, I think it was my, it's my first or second loss. I was like, I feel guilty being okay. Oh yeah. I can remember, um, after my, after my second, especially, uh, after you do methotrexate, you have to wait two weeks to drink. Like you can't have any alcohol. And I remember it was like two weeks and a day. My girlfriend was like, we're going out. And I was like, I don't know. I feel like I should just stay in. Maybe we should do like a movie night with some wine. And she was like, okay. And I went over there and she had a whole other, like we ended up going out. She knew I needed to get out, but I was hesitant because I felt bad. Like I felt like I should be at home under the blankets and being depressed and being sad. And that's something that I avoided this time. And I made it my mission to let myself cry if I felt like I needed to cry, whether it was in the car, if it was at work, if it was at the gas station, whatever, wherever I needed to cry, I cried and it was going to be okay, but I was not going to sequester myself to my bedroom for days on end and, and let it eat me alive. Because this, like I said, the sun is still going to rise and the world is still going to turn and there's nothing else you can do besides keep trying. Because if you're not trying, it's not going to happen. I love that. I feel like that is like the perfect place to kind of like end things off for (laughs) listening. Like that, that's great advice. Um, Do you, because I know people are probably going to want to like find you and follow your story. Do you just want to maybe let people know where they can connect with you at? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You guys can definitely check me out on YouTube. It's E underscore Grinks. And uh, you can also find me on Instagram. It's E underscore Grinks underscore 88. Um, Facebook is just Erica Grinker. And I don't do the Twitter because I don't understand it. So confusing, isn't it? What do you, I, what's I don't, I don't know. I tried. They're like retweet. I'm like, I don't know how to tweet. <laughs> I tried. I can't do it. So you guys will just have to stick with, you know, suck it up and find me on, on Instagram or YouTube. But Shelly, thank you so, so much. This was yeah. such a privilege, and I was I was so pumped to do this. I'm so proud of you. So much, and I appreciate you joining and sharing your story. You're one of my favorite people to follow and my one of my favorite people that I've connected with throughout this journey. So uh, Same. Um, you guys, a few places to just join the hashtag LambFam. Number one, you can sub to the podcast right here for regular uploads regularly uploaded episodes or you could head to Shelly Metling Life After Miscarriage on YouTube to follow my personal journey and we have two different Instagrams we have one for this podcast called Lamb Fam Podcast L-A-M-F-A-M Podcast or my personal Instagram at Shelly Metling shoot me a message I'd love to connect thank you again Erica anytime Shells I hope to be a guest again when yes. I'm pregnant. Yes. <laughs> Let's keep our fingers crossed. Everybody keep your fingers crossed for that. Yeah. All right, girl. So good to talk to you. Good to Bye talk. Bye, guys. Bye.